In a recent survey, a question was asked, do you consider yourself to be a generous person? An overwhelming number, 90% said, yes, I am a generous person. Well, this was followed up by a second question. Describe the last time you did something that was generous. Now, the surveyors did not consider the details of the answer important. Instead, they had a stopwatch, and uh, they were timing the respondents to see how long it took them to begin to remember their act of generosity. So, the average was about 20 seconds. Took them 20 seconds to finally come up with, oh, yeah, I did do this, or we did this, or whatever. Well, this morning, I want to share with you, um, if we were to ask you, how would you do with that question? Would you be able to say, yeah, here's an act of generosity that we perform? Or would it take you 20 or 30 seconds to answer the question? Well, we're not going to ask you, when was the last time you did an act of generosity? We're not going to put you through trying to remember that. But let me just say this to you. We as a church want you to practice generosity. In fact, we are going to offer you, through the coming year, through the coming months, we're going to offer you opportunities to express as well as participate in being a generous person. And the reason we're going to be doing that is because we, in the year of 2018 here, 2018, our theme for the year is going to be generosity. We as a church want to encourage you to participate in a lifestyle of being generous, not only with one another, but to those uh, who may need it. And so I have a slide up here this morning. This is going to kind of give you a little idea. Here's our theme for the coming year generosity, catch it, all right? So that is going to be our challenge to one another. We want everybody to catch it. Generosity. It's a lifestyle of going above and beyond, being abundant and generous with what God has given to us. So again, in the coming, coming months, you're going to have opportunities to be generous. In fact, last weekend, we uh, began our generosity uh, lifestyle by uh, there was a few of us that gathered up at Casey's there up on Caldwell where we uh, bought some gallons of wind washer fluid and when people would come to get fuel uh, we'd walk up to them and say hey uh, you know we're we're engaged in doing some generosity uh, we're from Harvest Free Church and we would like to bless you we'd like to top off your windshield wiper container there whatever reservoir and uh, what do you think? And we do that, you know. And a lot of times, a lot of times, people would say, "Well, you know what? I just had my car serviced, so I, I know." But hey, thank you for asking, you know. And of course, there was others that just really, you want to do that? Yeah, we want to do that. So anyhow, that's just one example, one idea that we are thinking about as far as a, an, uh, what do you call it, uh, an activity to demonstrate generosity. And there's going to be more of them, more of them coming this, this year. Uh, we're trying to do something monthly, and so we're working on something here for February to ask you to be generous. Uh, we got a group of people together. We, uh, we're kind of a think tank, this group of people. How can we 
you know, put together some projects or some activities where we as a church body can demonstrate generosity. So be looking for those activities. They'll be coming your way. Like I said, there's one coming up here in February as well. But uh, we want to have a year where we practice the lifestyle of generosity. So why generosity? Why, why do we want to do this? Practice generosity. Well, I want to share with you four reasons why we as a church uh, should be excited and enthused about being generous. All right? So I'm going to share with you uh, four reasons why we as individuals should engage in this lifestyle of generosity. So here are four reasons why we need to practice generosity. Number one, here's the first reason. You were created in the image of God. You are God's image bearer. Therefore, you should be practicing generosity. Now, let me read a passage for you. Genesis chapter 1, a familiar passage, says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we want to pursue generosity because we are image bearers. Now, we may not physically look like God, and probably we definitely don't look like God, but there are attributes and aspects of our life that reveal God. Okay? We bear the image of God. So let me talk a little bit more about that, this image of God. Let's talk about, let me share three categories of God's image. Uh, number category number one is mentally. We bear the image of God mentally. We were created as rational and volitional beings, meaning we can reason and we can choose. This whole, this whole capacity of being able to reason and to choose, that comes from God. That, that is an attribute that God has as well. So anytime someone invents a machine, writes a book, paints a landscape, enjoys a symphony, calculates a sum, or names a pet, he or she is proclaiming the fact that they were made in the image of God. So this image of God, we possess it mentally. We, we're rational beings. We're able to choose. We are able to reason. And that ability and that capacity comes from God our Father. We are created in His image. So mentally is the first category. A second category where this image comes out is morally. Morally. Humanity was created in righteousness and perfect innocent in a reflection of God's holiness. So, whenever someone writes a law or recoils from evil, praises good behavior, or feels guilty, he or she is confirming the fact that they are made in the image of God. So there's that moral capacity that each of us as human beings possesses. Where did that come from? That came from God. You are his image bearer. Okay? Not only can you reason and make choices, but you also have this uh, built-in 
radar, if you will, where you recognize that's not right, that is wrong. That comes from God. That's part of the image that we bear. Another category, socially. We were created in God's image socially. Humanity was created for fellowship. We were created for fellowship. Every time someone marries, makes a friend, hugs a child, or attends church, he or she is demonstrating the fact that they were made in the likeness of God. You were made in God's image. And one of God's attributes that characterizes God is that God is a generous God. He is generous. He abundantly provides. Therefore, since we are the image bearer of God, one of the attributes that should be manifested and visible in our own life is that of being a generous people. It comes from God. So, number one, the reason why we're pursuing generosity as a theme for 2018 within Harvest, anyhow, why are we doing this? Well, because we reflect the image of God, and we want to give you opportunities to reflect the attribute of generosity, which is reflecting God. So, number one, you are an image bearer. That's number two. Number one. Number two, here's another reason for generosity. Generosity is a fruit of discipleship, okay? Generosity is a fruit of discipleship. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 7 says this, But just as you excel in everything, such as in faith and in speech and in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. It's talking about being generous, the grace of giving. It is a fruit of discipleship. Now, one of Harvest's values is discipleship. And, of course, you're going to see it over there on the banner uh, to your left there on the south wall, discipleship. That's one of our values as a church. We here at Harvest desire for each one of you to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's why we exist, and, that's, and we believe that's very important. We want you to become a disciple. Now, let me give you a real simple, brief definition. This is just a general definition, a definition of discipleship. Okay, what is discipleship? Here's discipleship. Here's the simple definition. Discipleship is becoming like your teacher. Okay? Discipleship is becoming like your teacher. We desire, here at Harvest, we desire as well as we want to assist you in becoming more like your teacher. And who is your teacher? Jesus Christ. Okay? Jesus Christ is your teacher. We want you to become more like your teacher. And an attribute of your teacher, something your teacher conveys daily, is the attribute of generosity. So we want you to become like your teacher. That is what disciple is, becoming like their teacher. And we want you to be generous. Someone said, listen to these words. Someone said, the more you stare at Jesus, the more of a giver you will be. And the more generous you are, the more you become like him. Okay? So again, that's discipleship, becoming like 
your teacher. Followers of Jesus Christ strive to be generous followers. So generosity, number two, is a fruit of discipleship. Number three, generosity is an exercise of faith. Exercise of faith. Now, the passage that I want to direct your attention to here is found in the Old Testament. It's 1 Kings chapter 17. If you have a copy of God's Word, you're welcome to join me here in 1 Kings chapter 17. Let me just give you a little background on this particular chapter. Uh, in chapter 17, we be, we're reading about the prophet Elijah. Um, and in this particular chapter, um, Elijah has prayed, and God has sent a drought upon the land back there. So things are drying up. And when things dry up, we know what happens, right? Not only drought, but there's famine and stuff like that. So that's the context. That's what's happening at this point. So Elijah has prayed, and because God wants to do this, there is a drought. And the main reason there's this drought, because God's people, the Israelites, have been rebelling. So God's got to get their attention. Well, anyhow, during this drought, after the drought takes place, God sends Elijah uh, off to a place where, uh, in the Bible story, if you remember Bible stories, Elijah was... Uh, fed by ravens, okay? So these birds brought food to Elijah. So that went on for a while, and the Bible says that he was uh, hiding out, hanging out by a brook, fresh water, and so the birds would bring food, and then Elijah would drink uh, water from the brook. Well, because there's a drought, the brook dried up. So now we've got to have a change of plans. So plan B now for Elijah God says, I want you to go talk to the widow at uh, Zarephath, or Zarephath. And uh, when you go to this widow, ask this widow if she will uh, take care of you, such as give you some food to stuff. Well, things are difficult. Remember, they're in a famine. So let's read a little bit about that story, uh, what God says here. And it's beginning in verse 10, which we're going to read in chapter 17. So here we have Elijah. He's uh, meeting up with this uh, widow. And this widow does have a son. Uh, they're poor. The drought has taken about everything that they have. Now, well, let's just read that story. Here's what it says. So anyhow, Elijah called to this widow and asked her, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called. And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So you're getting an idea how bad things are for this widow. Well, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was 
food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So here's a story, I believe. Remember, the third principle when it comes to uh, why, why we need to practice generosity is because generosity is an exercise of your faith. And we have here in 1 Kings chapter 17 a story about a widow who exercised faith. She believed what Elijah said, and so she went and acted upon that. And when she acted upon what Elijah had said and asked her to do, her needs were met. You see, when it comes to doing generosity, it's tied in with your faith. The lady, the widow, the only way that she was going to be cared for is by trusting in God. Generosity, sometimes we think we can't do it, but God still invites us to do it. And the reason he still invites us to do it when we think we can't do it is because he wants us to exercise faith. Generosity is an exercise in faith. If you truly believe God will meet your, de- your needs, you will be a little reckless with your possessions and give. And that's what this lady was. I see her being a little reckless. I mean, that's the way we would determine, that's how we would describe it in human terms. That widow, she was a little reckless, man. She, most of us probably say, hey, man, I'm not going to do that. Elijah, go get your own, you know. But she trusted God. She exercised faith. And because of her faith, she was a little bit reckless. And I think that's cool. Because that's really what generosity is all about. It's a demonstration of faith, but it's being a little reckless. It's a little reckless. So when you pull out a Walmart and there's somebody there with a cardboard side sign saying, hey, you know, we need to get fuel so we can get to Denver. And then you roll down the window and you give them a $20 bill and your spouse is saying, what? And why are you doing that? Right? We've been there. Why are you doing that? Reckless. Okay, reckless. But it's also being generous. So just think about it. Generosity is an opportunity to uh, exercise your faith. And number four here regarding generosity, generosity is a step of obedience. When you are generous, you are obedient. Galatians chapter 6 says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Again, God's word says, hey, when you have that opportunity, let's, let's be good. Let's, let's, let's do good to one another. Again, that's the whole idea of generosity. And when we do demonstrate generosity, we're being obedient because that's what God wants us to do. We reflect God. Remember, we're image bearers. That's what God would do. That's what God would do. We reflect the image of God. Speaking of the image of God, the story is told of a mother uh, who was preparing pancakes for her two sons, Kevin, who was five years old, and Ryan, who is three. Uh, the boys began to argue over who would get the first pancake. And, of course, mom saw an opportunity for a good uh, spiritual lesson. 
So mom was going to teach them. So mom says to Ryan and Kevin, you know, if Jesus were sitting here, he would say, let my brother have their first pancake. I can wait. Well, Kevin, he's the five-year-old. He turns to his young brother, Ryan, and he says, Ryan, you should be like Jesus. Give me your first pancake. (laughs) But we are the image bearer of God. We are his image bearer. Excuse me. <clears throat> well, anyhow, that brings us to the end. So, review. Why, why are we to be uh, generous? Well, we reflect the image of God. Uh, what does God look like? Well, we don't know what He looks like fleshly, okay? Probably not like us at all. God is spirit. But we can kind of give people a good picture of what God's like through being generous, being generous. We reflect the image of God. That's number one. Number two is uh, generosity is a fruit of discipleship. Remember, uh, one of our values as a church, we want you to become more like your teacher. And who is your teacher? Well, Jesus Christ. He's our teacher. And we want to become more like him. That's what a disciple is. A disciple becomes more like Jesus. And Jesus was very generous. Generosity is also an exercise in your faith. Okay, you get to exercise your faith and follow Christ. And lastly, it's a step of obedience. It's a step of obedience. So, what do we do with all this? Well, we're going to give you opportunities. So, as I said at the beginning, we're going to be giving you opportunities pr- pretty much on a monthly basis to demonstrate being generous. Little projects that will be fun, like the windshield washer fluid filling up somebody's little tank underneath the hood. That was fun. That was fun. But it was an opportunity to reflect the image of God. So you're going to have opportunities coming your way to reflect generosity. So just know that there will be opportunities. But you know, you don't have to wait for that particular task or activity that we dream up. You don't have to wait for that. You can practice generosity today if you'd like. And here's something to just kind of keep in mind when it comes to generosity. Generosity is, is a spiritual discipline, okay? It's a spiritual discipline. Some of us are wired where, man, we love to give away, you know? And I, I can't say that I'm that one. But I, I got to work at it, you know? It's kind of, this is kind of the working I'm talking about, you know? Okay, here you go. And I, I think there's a lot of us like that, but that's okay. That's okay. Remember, Generosity is a discipline. We got to work at being generous, at, at giving, you know. Uh, being a giver is also calculated. We were talking about that in Sunday school this morning. We're doing a series on being generous in Sunday school. And uh, a lot of times, your, our generosity is calculated. We got, we got to think this through a little bit. We hear about a need, and so we begin thinking, okay, what do we got in our savings? What do we got in our checking? What do we have in the garage? Whatever it is. Do I have time to begin planning? So generosity, understand, is a discipline. you got to work at it. For some, it comes a little easier than others, but you got to work at it. It's a discipline. And part of generosity, you, you got to plan it. you got to plan it. We want to help you in the planning, so that's why we're bringing opportunities and activities your way in the coming year of 2018. So why be generous? Because the teacher is generous. Let's pray. Lord, again, thanks for the opportunity to 
just open the window a bit, open, crack the door just a bit to look into your life. And Lord, as we do, one of the things that we see, one of the many things that we see is that you are generous. You are a giver. Your hands are always open. Lord, you major on the abundance. Thank you for being that, God. Lord, help us as we emulate you in that same behavior of generosity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and we'll close out together with every day.